It's none other than Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer, kind enough to join us here on the program today. Ferg, we hope that you're doing well. And, uh, man, what a time it is to be uh, in Auburn as the Tigers are heading back to the College World Series. I know that you've been following along the fun with this team. And, and just give us your thoughts on Auburn heading back to Omaha, Ferg. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's been a whole lot of fun watching this baseball team, um, you know, it's those of you probably know who follow me, I don't cover baseball. I never have covered baseball um, before. So I've gotten to kind of just kind of like with gymnastics earlier this year, just kind of get to sit back and just watch them and, and just kind of enjoy just seeing them in competition because of, you know, how much it means to the folks around here. And uh, they've been a lot of fun. Um, you know, Sonny DeChera uh, has been worth the price of, of admission pretty much every game, but i tell you the one thing that's really struck me about this team here, um, especially this past weekend, is if you want to give off a vibe and, and make a, you know, I'm not very good at baseball comparisons, but I, I, I feel like this one but works. But Auburn's bullpen right now is kind of reminding me a lot of what the Braves did last year on their way to the World Series. It's just tough situations, tight games. Every pitch matters. Every at-bat is huge. And, and that bullpen is just coming in and, and, and just lights out, you know, in this in this series. So, um, you know, in the two games Auburn won, their bullpen went up, went, you know, did just amazing work. And so, uh, as someone who's a Braves fan, that's kind of the biggest comp I see is just if you've got a bullpen that's fearless and can get out at the most crucial times of the game, you're going to be tough to put out. And when you do get a lead, which Auburn's offense is, is plenty capable of building a lead on pretty much anybody. Um, they're going to be tough to beat when, when they get to Omaha. Again, Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observers joining us here on Sports Call today. As you mentioned, Ferg, uh, you don't cover Auburn baseball. Uh, you're mainly focused on the men's basketball program and what football's got going on. But recently on the podcast, we know that you had Bennett Durando of the Montgomery Advertiser to kind of get a better idea of what that could look like. That's a reason enough for people to go check out your work with the Auburn Observer. But talking about this Auburn Auburn baseball team and kind of the bullpen that's in place from a sports perspective when you think about what somebody like Blake Burkhalter had to do with a one run lead and to come in and get the final eight outs of the game I mean that's something that probably any kid out there is dreaming of having a moment like that and then just kind of sitting here thinking about the pressure that he might have been feeling it certainly didn't seem like it though out there watching him no, I mean, he is, you know, he has the skill that you want from every relief pitcher, and it's just kind of, you know, don't get overwhelmed by the moment. Just go out there and throw strikes. And I thought, you know, all of Auburn's bullpen did that, you know, in, in, in game three. Um, you know, you have you have a situation where things are tough in the middle of the game, and you kind of just start just mowing down folks and throwing strikes. and. It doesn't matter who picked up the ball for them. They were just ready to go. And then Burke Halter, you know, slamming the door like he did. Um, just huge. Just so, so huge. And, you know, that's what it takes. I think one of the traits of this Auburn baseball team that has carried him this far is when you play in the SEC West and you are tested week in and week out, um, you know, in conference play against the best that college baseball has to offer. And you think about it, four teams are from the SEC or in Omaha and one of them's not Tennessee, um, you know, who is the best team in baseball all year, you know, you, you prove that you feel like you can beat anybody or at least you can hang with anybody. And when you do that and you combine that with a, with a bullpen that uh, is playing their best ball at the end of the year, uh, like I said, it doesn't matter who they're going to come across, uh, you know, in Omaha here. 
uh, upcoming. I think they're going to have the confidence to think, hey, why not? Why why can't we beat these these guys and go all the way? Ferguson here with us, Justin Ferguson, that is, of the Auburn Observer. You can follow him on Twitter, at JFergusonAU. Justin, as we kind of look at what you've got going on there at the Auburn Observer, really fun newsletter, an idea that you put out there uh, in the time where content is paramount, and we got to find things to sort of talk about. You put out a, a decades team. Kind of tell us about this and, and why people should check it out. Yeah, this was something that I just came across. A, it's probably been a couple months ago now. Um, looking through kind of some media guides in the past for Auburn, I noticed that they had a list of all-decade teams that they had done in the past, and they officially recognized them. And I thought, well, I wonder if Auburn basketball has something like that. And they don't. Um, they did have a like a centennial team back in the day where they just honored a bunch of guys uh, from the past. Um, but So I just thought, hey, man, how fun would it be uh, to kind of just go through and compare kind of the decades you know, Auburn basketball is in this era right now where you're getting one-and-done talent. Players like Jafari Smith and Sharif Cooper and Walker Kessler and guys like that. I mean, you're getting players that are, um, you know, some of the best you've ever had. And so I kind of wanted to see how they stacked up um, to the past. And so, yeah, the, the newsletter today, it's free for everybody. Uh, you can check it out at, at the Observer. Um, but I, I came up with uh, all-decade teams from the 50s all the way to what we've gotten so far in the 2020s um, for Auburn basketball. Did a starting five and then eight reserves, kind of give them a full 13-man uh, you know, team like you do in, in a full scholarship thing for college basketball. And it's been a lot of fun. I think the first-round matchups are, you know, you can vote on them. Um, they're pretty – there's clear favorites there. I think the real fun's going to get to be later in the week when we go – through the semifinals and the championship because I'm very curious to see what Auburn fans think about, you know, how this era of Auburn basketball stacks up with some of the past because I think, you know, before Bruce Pearl came, the glory days were the 80s and then into the late 90s, um, you know, with, uh, with the with the number one seed team. So, um, yeah, I mean, you have a matchup potentially down the line. It's like, can you imagine – you know, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler going head-to-head with Charles Barkley and Chuck Person in their prime like that, you know, just kind of stacking it up because I think, you know, there's so much – there's so many new Auburn basketball fans for good reasons, um, but for some of the older folks and maybe some young folks who just don't really kind of know uh, yet, it's, it's good to kind of dig back and look at, man, the Auburn had some, had some teams and, like, there's, you know, there's an all-decade team, the 70s team, Probably not going to advance past the first round of the fan vote, but you look at the numbers that the teams of that, you know, players of that era put up, and they're pretty, pretty special to see. Yeah, Ferg, I'm, I was just looking at it earlier this morning and just now as we're talking about it um, and and thinking about the recency bias, like you said, it's probably going to help these, these Bruce Pearl era teams in the fan vote, but you think about those 70 teams um, and not having the three-point line and yep. the, the points being kind of skewed that way. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. Is there was there something you found when researching all this that really stood out to you about these older teams that that doesn't get shared a lot when Auburn basketball fans talk about it? Yeah, I think the one player I think that's probably the most underrated in Auburn basketball history, and I, I say underrated in the fact that he doesn't get talked about at the level of a Barkley or a Person or a Doc Robinson or a Chris Porter. Um, was Mike Mitchell. Mike Mitchell, when he left Auburn, Mike Mitchell was was the all-time leader in points and rebounds. Now, the points record was broken a little while later by Chuck Person, 
a record that still stands to this day. He still has the most career rebounds of any player in all basketball history. So this dude had more points and rebounds than anybody else had at this point. He was an all-SEC player all four years of his career, which is so rare, um, you know, really in the in the record books. He was a, he was a top-five pick, um, you know, in the in the draft. Like, he's one of those guys that you look at and you say, wow, I mean, that's a – that's an elite, elite player. And um, I just think because the teams he played on in the 70s weren't quite as successful uh, as, as some of the other ones, um, you kind of you kind of lose it a little bit. You kind of lose some of that uh, that luster. But, yeah, I mean, it's just unreal. Some of those numbers are unreal. And then my other thing is um, we knew – I mean, uh, this was something I dug up, um, you know, during the season when Jabari was kind of going crazy for Auburn with his scoring – uh, but John Mangel in the 60s, or in the 70s, uh, I should say, John Mangel, uh, it's something like there are 14 40-point games in Auburn history, and he's got like eight of them, and he's got the top four all to himself. It was an era. Go back and look at, you know, uh, go back and look what John Mangel was a senior at Auburn, and when he was scoring all these, he had such a ridiculous scoring average that year. The all-SEC team that year, go look it up. Everybody averaged like 30 points a night. It was it was crazy. It was a crazy era for basketball that I think kind of gets overlooked um, because, like I said, the teams weren't quite as successful um, you know, in the 70s for Auburn as they were in the 80s and the 90s and then obviously here recently. Talking to Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. If you haven't listened to the Observer podcast, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, Justin, I got a question from the podcast, though. Is the GO team making a comeback? Yeah, yeah. Painter's trying to make a comeback, I guess. I don't know if that's his way of saying that he's trying to do one again. Maybe he's just too <laughs> nervous to admit it. Um, no, it's, it's it's like basically, as Painter points out, like during baseball season, you just see. I mean, baseball players are like literally the only people left who are who are rocking the goatee. Um, really good facial hair matchup. Uh, Auburn and Oregon State was, and that that's super regional. And I'll be interested to see what they've got up against them in Omaha. Where do you stand in the facial hair department, Ferg? I don't have any, as, as you guys know. Right. Um, I, I can't grow any. Uh, it's very patchy, very bad. I inherited that from my father. It is kind of funny. I have I have two brothers. Um, one of them uh, is, is just like me, and, and you know, just we're, we're just hopeless uh, to look like this for forever. And then my other brother um, has had like a beard since he was in high school. I don't. I think he got <laughs> all of the genes, um, and I, we don't know where he got it from either. Because like nobody else in my family pulled that off either. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it would be cool if I could pull it off, but I can't. Like I'm literally just like unable to do so. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm all I'm all for especially especially baseball players because they're just so weird by nature. Uh, do crazy stuff with your mustaches and your beards and your goatees and stuff like that. It's a whole lot of fun. I'm in the same boat as you, Ferg, although I don't like to admit it, and sometimes I like to kind of work a little mustache that's um, pretty terrifying for others to look at. I don't know. I get a little bit of enjoyment of my peach fuzz. That, uh, no, you should be put... You should be put on a list with that <laughs> yeah. I want you to know that. Anyway. We are all thinking it. Yeah. Ferg, the time is always greatly appreciated. Give us one more uh, plug for the Auburn Observer and where people can find your work. Yeah, auburnobserver.com. Check it out. Uh, you can you can vote on that uh, all-decades team. We'll be keeping track of them uh, throughout the week uh, in the podcast and the, or in the, in the newsletters. Tomorrow's newsletter uh, went back through and, and kind of tried to identify – true freshman. How many true freshmen can we expect Auburn to play this upcoming season uh, for Brian Harson's team? 
and uh, we'll have a podcast on Thursday. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. We had Bennett on last week to talk baseball because you know we don't cover it regularly. Yeah. We're going to bring on two guests Ooh. on the Thursday podcast this week. Uh, Adam Cole and Justin Lee of the OA News are both going to Omaha, so we're going to get both of them to come on and uh, preview the College World Series for us. So you can check that out on Thursday, mailbag on Friday. And, uh, yeah, we've got, we've got all that stuff uh, kind of clicking on. So AuburnObserver.com, check it out. Outstanding. Ferg, we appreciate the time as always. We'll see you again next week, okay? Yep. See you, guys. All right. That's Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer joining us here on Sports Call today.